Hello, everybody, and welcome to the spread. I'm your host, Kaz. So Cheeky, who is commonly known as Cheeky Karuka from her Instagram page, was my guest host at the last The Spread Live show that we had in Nairobi a few months ago. I thought that she'd be the ideal guest host, seeing as she does like to argue quite a bit on her views on sexual expression and are sometimes very left of mine. I mean, not to say that either one of us is right or wrong, but let's just say this episode will keep you on the edge of your seat as you listen to both our views on masturbation, poly relationships, and the good old side chick conversations. So everyone had something to say, and some of you may not agree with some of these things, but please keep an open mind and try to understand that there are many people with a variety of opinions. But before we go on with today's episode, I just wanted to ask you something. Are you in Nairobi? Are you aware that the same company that runs the Spread Podcast is the same company that runs the Nairobi flea market? What is this, you ask? Good question. It's a craft market that happens every Sunday in Nairobi at the Alchemist Bar with an array of vendors selling everything from jams and chilies, body butters and hair oils, to fabrics thrift clothes, down to like your basic but not so basic furniture. Yeah, this happens every Sunday at The Alchemist from 11 a.m. till late. And we have you covered on the entertainment front from a whole day, guys, like literally a whole day of happy hour for you and an absolutely fully kitted play area for the kids. And in the evening, we have live music where we showcase different acts on our artist stage. Honestly, it's the best way to spend your Sundays and you can thank me later. So please be sure to show up. It's every Sunday, every single Sunday. Back to our episode. Please don't hesitate to email us if you have any questions. We are going to add them to our Your Questions Answered segment. So send your questions to host at thespreadpodcast.com and please follow us on all of our social platforms. We are at the spread pod on twitter on instagram and on facebook and guys please 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 head over to the review section on apple podcasts and leave us a dope review and just tell us how you think we're banging and how much you love our podcast and how you want us to keep going because we really do want to stay at the top of the charts for you and yes we are at the top of the charts for you and now our live episode Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the spray! Thank you, thank you guys for coming to the third edition of the Spread Live, and today our guest. Oh. And today, our guest host is Cheeky. Hello, hello, hello. Cheeky, I know you as a dance and fitness instructor. Is there more things that you can add to your list of things that, or people that you do? I a dance or fitness instructor, to be honest. Really? I call myself a wellness advisor. I try and move away from the term fitness because everyone focuses so much on body goals. And I feel like it does the industry a massive disservice. So I talk about wellness. How do we be well psychologically, emotionally, and physically? You woke. I'm um, sometimes. 
Cheeky, I had a little uh, like quiz on Instagram where I was asking people what your surname was. But and no, Cheeky, I've can I just finish my t damn Sorry, sentence? Go on, go on. <laughs> and go on. Cheeky said to me, she typed her surname in the WhatsApp and then she was like, no one's going to get it. No, it shocks me because half my family don't know my surname. So it really shocked me that people knew it. Sure, and I couldn't figure out what your surname was or where to get it from. So you I don't even understand how many of our Instagram followers did. Like... I don't know either. What is your 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 what? How do you pronounce it actually? Your surname. My surname is Onwukwe Anyadike. Say again. Onwukwe Anyadike. I'm Nigerian. Oh. Hey. <laughs> 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 but you're not. <laughs> Why did he say that? He's just like, giving you respect. He's yeah. like, oh. those are my people. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so today's episode is um, called Your Questions Answered. It's a recurring episode that I have with guests every so often. And um, Cheeky, you are my guest host for today. So the thing that I often forget is to introduce myself because I assume that everybody knows me, which is so vain. I bet I think this song is about me. Oh, no. <laughs> wow, wow. No, okay. Well, okay, guys, Kaz. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm your host for the Spread Podcast, and uh, we are going to be answering questions that have been given directly from you guys in the live audience to us in our bucket, which is our bucket for fucking. Yeah. Our yeah. <laughs> my jokes are my jokes are going like in the drain. I don't know. But I just, I need laughter as a form of, uh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. Okay, since you're, you've already opened it, go. No, this is, this, is, this is an incredibly good question, actually. It says, how can you enjoy a more lasting masturbating session, more fulfilling without feeling shortchanged at the end? <laughs> that's a good, no, I'm sorry. I think that's a really good question. <laughs> so there's... There is a joke that goes, what's the ultimate form of self-deception? It's faking an orgasm when you're masturbating. That's a good one. That's a good one. Say the, read the question out again. How can you enjoy a more lasting masturbating session, more fulfilling, without feeling shortchanged at the end? Uh, no, I'm, I, I'm assuming I think it's the, masturbating the is, yourself. Is clear. <laughs> so, so I'm gonna I'm gonna try and answer this. I, yeah? I really hope you do. So, for starters, a more lasting and fulfilling masturbation session, I would say, would involve not just like strictly going to your like your your genitals man man woman oh. um it's not about strictly going to your genitals i would say if it's something that you're trying to make lasting and, and fulfilling i would say make it like a self-love session where you light candles burn some incense you know like burn some oils and then just put on some good music and then create some like self-love situations like um 
if it's a movie that you want to watch that's really kind of like um, romantic and sexy and sensual. Um, and then just kind of like touch yourself and you can include a mirror and you can watch yourself just as your body turns on. So if you're a woman, if your nipples are erecting or a man or, you know, just watch yourself get hard or just like kind of touch yourself and then let like your genital area be the part that you end up with last as opposed to a lot of us use masturbation. I'm talking about all my multiple personalities. <laughs> <laughs> as like a thing that I do to just, I need to sleep. Like literally, <laughs> that's possibly nine out of 10 of the reasons why I masturbate is because I'm trying to get to sleep quicker. And, um, uh, or just to calm myself down. And then the, you know, the 10% is I'm horny, which is mm, all the time. <laughs> so. But I, I would say just like create a lovemaking session with yourself and just like create intimate spaces with yourself and involve toys if you want and just like play, play and create a play space and an environment where your body thrives on these like different senses, smell, like listening, taste, you know. Yeah, how about you? Yeah, I love a good masturbation to be honest. And mine is not, necess like, mine is not necessarily to get to sleep. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever done that before. Um, I like to first have a cup of tea or something. You know, like, no, you know, because you know when you're going to have a long, a long experience. No, not British. If you're going to have a long... <laughs> if you're, if you're going to have a long experience, you need sustenance. Um, normally, I like to start from the shower. You know, like, start on the... Sh the senses thing, I think, really works. Like, I really try and pay attention to set, smell, taste, even heat. And that's why I like to start in the shower normally. Um, and then the difference between the hot shower and then getting into a cold bed also, for me, is quite um, fun. Um, and, yeah, just do it for fun. But I think I'm in a privileged situation because I live with someone. So when I masturbate, it's a genuine choice. It's because I feel like doing that. Um, <laughs> it's not because... It's not because, yeah, I really need to come or anything like that. So it's just because I feel like doing that. Um, but, yeah, I think have a cup of tea. I normally put on a series rather than music, especially if it's a sexy series. Like Insecure was really good for that, you know? Um, or, you know, something like that. Can You're I just throw in I met Jay Ellis? Are you t yeah, you said. Okay. <laughs> yes. Like, Insecure was good as well, because also the nice thing about series as opposed to porn is you get really into the storyline and you're invested in the characters. So you're watching it in a more kind of an emotional place rather than just a physical place. Um, and I agree with you. Start slow. Yeah, I'm, I'm with that. End fast. <laughs> um, okay. Um, but the thing, the thing about this particular question is without feeling shortchanged at the end, I think that um, the thing with masturbation, and I did have an episode on masturbation on one of the podcasts, um, is because there's a lot of people who are actually masturbating for that quick result in the end, a lot of the time you d the feeling that you have afterwards is like a feeling of like regret and you have those, there's negative feelings that are associated with that kind of like quick self-pleasure. Um, earlier, in the beginning of this year and towards the end of last year, I did a no-fap challenge. Uh, it, it's a no-fap challenge. Fapping is masturbating. And I went for, I was trying to go for two months. I, 
Guys, come down. I did one and a half months. Thank you. That's huge. I could, I can, literally, that's huge. I can, I can barely go, yeah. I can barely go anything without anything. So for me, it was really, it was, it was, it was a very big challenge for me. So I, I understand that without feeling shortchanged at the end is because of that like feeling of like self-loathing that you feel after like a session of just like masturbating or sometimes when you have like multiple masturbation sessions in the same day and you're just like, who am I? What the fuck is wrong with me? You start to reevaluate your life. And it may sound funny. It may seem like a joke, but for real, um, um, a lot of masturbation is associated with the addiction to porn and then it kind of sometimes ties round to that and then you start to start to think about like the things that you're addicted to some people it disrupts people's lives it changes your like social life you'd much rather stay home and be like fapping to pornhub than going out with your friends and it's a vicious cycle so as much as the question may seem um like a joke it's actually something um that's really real it's a real situation that a lot of people go through and also adding on to that christian guilt because we are all raised in a society well not all of us but most of us are raised in a society where uh, masturbation is a thing that's so taboo uh, you can't touch yourself you can't you know the self-pleasure is such a taboo conversation and it's such a taboo thing to do so when you feel like personally that you're doing it and then you feel like you're doing it more than you should be, it starts to play with your, with the, it's just, it's a downward spiral. So that's. No, that's but I also think the thing for um, not feeling short change, the feeling of masturbation is different from the feeling of sex. And I think people look for the same high and they're two different things. And I think it's nice to just enjoy self pleasure. I think there's something very different between feeling kind of empowered to pleasure yourself than having a bond and an intimate relationship with someone else. They're two different things, and to enjoy them both is different things rather than to compare and contrast because they will always feel either less or more or whatever. They will always feel like something wasn't right in that situation. Hi, guys. <laughs> hey. Hey. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I just want you to give a big round of applause for our regular. Patricia and Mahesha! What's up, everybody? Um, so, this is not a question, <laughs> it's a comment. <laughs> I think, yeah, actually, because I put up my hand right before she said the Christian guilt thing, and that was me. Mm -hmm. I know we're both fair, but that's Kaz. I'm cheating. <laughs> <laughs> we get confused a lot. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> guys, this is my comment. Yeah. So I think one thing that I've been learning is, um, and I hope there's no one from Gafla or Mpasho or something, because this is such a good headline. You will not believe. I'm somebody who discovered my body when I was maybe five, six. You know, and just like I, 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 it was a swimming pool. There was a jet of water coming out of somewhere oh. on the side, and you know, I kind of just felt something, and I was like, "Hey, wow, what is this?" Whoa. And 
for you know for the next few days, guys would be like, Patricia, let's go on the slide. I'm like, no, I'm good. <laughs> right here, right? And then you know, I learned to replicate that sensation in the bathtub and with the shower, and then. I used to read a lot and my mom started, you know, I'd read through everything by the time I was eight. So she introduced me to these adult books or her books which had two or three pages of interesting <laughs> scenes <laughs> that would just make me feel certain things certain places and, you know, I learned to just know myself. And definitely there was that guilt of, you know, you're a Christian, you shouldn't do this. and. There was there was a a lady who used to help us, you know, uh, a house help, <laughs> and she walked in on me in the bathtub once, and she was like, "Oh my God, what are you doing? This is horrible. Repent." She was horrible. I mean, even for wearing shorts, I was bad. So there was always that guilt, and then you know, you come into your adulthood, and even as recently as this week, just having epiphanies about weight. But this is something that was. Create. I mean, if yes, we thank God for the trees and the amazing scenery and life and air and life and so surely we were also given sex and we were given our bodies and these sensations and surely th it can't be wrong to feel these things or to explore your body and to feel these amazing things and even now, it, like if if porn is a part of it, you know what is trying to unpack that and be like, wait, is, is this wrong? Even just, these are people who are having sex and they're documenting it and some... It's a documentary. It's a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> Porn is a sexual documentary. <laughs> <laughs> but if just once, once we start unpacking the things that we attach to certain experiences, whether it's... Um, you know, if we're talking about the, the, the negative feelings that we feel after, which is one thing, and then the feelings should change because sometimes you can just be, you know how you resent a partner for coming too fast? You can resent yourself as yeah. well. You're like, surely, Patricia. And then you get into it and it's over so quick and you're like, really? After all, after all that. <laughs> and I think it's just, you know, just uh, certain things that we need to unpack and and sort of explore so that the next time you get into it and you, you know, w what, what is the purpose here? Are we trying to relieve <laughs> tension, to sleep, to wake up? Because, I, you know, there's the two. There's times when I, I sleep, have that. I definitely have the masturbation for waking like, you know up. It's like, eh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. It is four o'clock, but I need to wake up at six. So I'll set the alarm for 5.55. Masturbation <laughs> hour. So, you know, I think it's also just really allowing yourself to just really be there. And then in the same way that she was saying, you know, sometimes you're masturbating thinking that you're going to get what it is that you get from sex in this moment. Just separate them and let them be their own thing so that you don't have expectations of yourself even. <laughs> so that you don't sleep angry with yourself. <laughs> Never sleep angry with yourself. Never go to bed angry with yourself, yeah. bitch. No, but can I just I'm sleeping on this side of the bed. <laughs> can I just make a... I'm just so happy that we have this question phrased like this because I feel like for a long time, male masturbation was common conversation. Female masturbation was a bit of a taboo. So I'm just so happy that that's even a question and we're talking about ways to increase a masturbation as opposed to 
acknowledging that men masturbate and not women. Because I think that, you know, that has been something that actually also adds to the guilt. Because for a long time, female masturbation hasn't even been a topic of conversation. Whereas everyone expects or, you know, men to masturbate. So I'm just so happy that we're in a place now that the conversation is no longer do they or don't they, it's how do we increase it, how do we, and that makes me so happy. Click, click. We have another um, comment from the audience, if you can pass the mic back. Um, so just a quick comment, um, because as much as I think it's true that um, like masturbation and sex are quite different, I think we also need to kind of acknowledge the fact that masturbation is like a major key for us to have great sex because it's in that moment when you're able to really explore in a very safe place, like what really, you know, what you really enjoy and, and how else are we going to expect our partner to know how to pleasure us if we don't even know what we enjoy ourselves. And so I think that's the other thing when we talk about maybe this issue of fulfillment is that masturbation is also a tool for us to kind of like have great sex with no, you know, okay, yourself, but also with other people. So that kind of emptiness, like, you also need to know that this is kind of a journey to explore and unlock um, parts of you that you kind of didn't know you were into or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, think, I think that the culture of silence and taboo around sex in general, but especially masturbation, is something that's really dangerous and destructive because masturbation is something that pretty much everyone has the ability to do and the agency to do, right? Because everyone ultimately knows their own body and has the ability to really familiarize themselves with their own body. And so I think a lot of it has to do with mindset, right? I think there, there has to be a clear realization of the fact that this is your body, you have complete power over your body, you're not hurting anybody by pleasing yourself. If anything, you are helping yourself by pleasing yourself and potentially helping partners <laughs> who you are going to meet at some point later on to know what really pleases you, you know, as, as the previous, previous uh, you know, said. And I, I, think, I think that mindset has a lot to do with it because culturally women, as you've already stated, have really been told that sex is something that we do not control. Sex is something that we do not necessarily have agency over as women, and it is something that we, at least in my culture, it's something that you kind of hand over to the man to take care of. Um, and I think that there is a lot of power in anyone, regardless of their gender, kind of taking ownership over their sex and deciding that whether or not you have a partner, you have every right to feel sexually satisfied at any point. Yeah, I think that's very I think so too. Good point. Thank you. Coming from the background that I come from, which is a Somalian background, a Muslim background, um, we are always taught from a very young age that anything that has to do with that area is shameful. You know, you have to um, cover it up. You can't. You, you're not supposed to even communicate or feel anything. There's, you know, like female genital mutilations and stuff like that to prevent, which is actually <laughs> very interesting because the sexual harassment happens, first of all, in your brains. It's not your genitals that gets aroused, it's your mind, isn't it? So for me to uh, grow up 
and starting to be sexual active in a way. It was very interesting to see how my friends, and I grew up in Norway, um, my friends were white and they were like, oh, you know, I used to hump the stairs in my house and I got bruises everywhere and my mom and dad had to answer to the kindergarten why I had bruises down there. And I was like, oh, really? You know, like that was never uh, something that I could ever be, um, I could never relate to. So you already feel that you're growing up and you've, you've missed a lot of self-love uh, and also like exploring yourself and knowing your body and what works for you. So I, I, I just, um, it is very interesting to see how very open we are here today. And it's a beautiful thing, but you also have to, like, it is culture, it is religion, it is a lot of things also behind it that's attached to a woman's masturbation as well. That's what I wanted to say. Amen, sis. So in my experience, I've found that um, during masturbation, I've actually tried to replicate. I think maybe the person who was asking the question, maybe that's what they were asking. Because you've had like in real life sex that is so bomb, you know? And that person, whatever they were doing, if it was clitoral or whatever they were doing, you're actually trying to sort of imitate or, you know, copy whatever it is that they were doing to yourself so that you can sort of see if you can get, sorry, if you can see if you can get a better result, but you just end up like, you know, shortcoming. <laughs> 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 I like that, yeah. I like it. So I appreciate, I appreciate, I totally appreciate everybody giving their perspective on culture and religion and what role that had to play in whether you can enjoy self-pleasure, but I would also like to hear from someone who is sort of having the same shortcoming issues. <laughs> I think the person who wrote this question <laughs> is somebody that was having similar issues as you. So I, I, think, I think that makes a lot of sense. A lot of the time when we're masturbating, if we don't have access to porn or if we don't have access to like any kind of media, phone or whatever, like oh, the thing that's going on in our head or whether or not there's any form of media. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> am I the only person who only masturbates to porn? Um, it's just like we're always thinking about like a sexual experience that we had that we enjoyed and then we, we think about it in our heads and then we try to visualize it while we're masturbating to have the same sensation to try and feel the thing that you were feeling with the person that was making you feel that way. So it's, it's, it's very, 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 very normal and, and completely understandable. Yeah. No, but also religion aside, I wasn't brought up in a religious family at all, so I didn't have that particular burden. Um, but I think culture in general, no matter where you are in the world, even if you remove sex from the equation, given women and given women, I'm sorry, men, but this particular this particular thing of masturbation, I don't think it impacts you in the same way. Given women an opportunity just to have time to enjoy themselves, even if it's not sex. You know, even if it's just watching a movie with a glass of wine by yourself, even if it's going to a coffee shop, having a cup of coffee, reading a book by yourself. I think cultures in general don't encourage and celebrate women just enjoying themselves. 
And of course, that's then going to trickle down and bleed into sexual experiences. So I think women have so much unlearning to do because there's layers and layers and layers of being told your role is for everyone else, you know? So I definitely think that sometimes, like what our friend said over there, starting in the head and really understanding what is this for? Why am I doing this? And being okay with the fact that I'm doing this because I want to pleasure myself, and that's okay. When you get to that point and you remove it from, it's kind of an interaction with someone else, it changes your experience quite a lot. Yes, okay. Yes, click, click. Thank you. 
Okay. Thank you. Are you single? <laughs> Asking for a friend. Um, the second question is... Oh, okay. <laughs> it's a two-part question. But how do you... Guys, huh? I'm going to read slowly, not at the everybody's handwriting is legible. How do you know to not get lazy in your roles? Can't complacency quickly become an issue and you'll get bored with each other without realizing all you need to do is switch it up a bit? Um, the second part question, let me see if it has anything to do with the first. So what if you're the other woman? Do you stay in the situation or do you... That's a different question. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's start with this one, and then we'll go to the other one. <laughs> Simmer down, guys. Simmer. We start to the second one. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. Okay, we're going to start with the second question. <laughs> <laughs> by public demand. <laughs> so what if you're the other woman? Do you stay in the situation or leave? If he makes you feel like a queen, though, so what do you do? <laughs> Cheeky. I find um, conversations about the other woman quite hard because I am a staunch feminist. And my natural reaction will always be to support women. But I'm also in a long-term loving relationship. And the thought of someone else entering that is actually really offensive to me. Um, so I, I struggle with these kind of questions in general. I think being as, 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 as understanding as possible, I would ask... That question is worded to be in such a sad way because it's, it's first of all saying to take less because this person makes me feel more, makes me feel like, well, then what the hell is happening with everything else? Because I find it hard just to answer that bit. I would, qu I would question a little bit more than that. I can't ever advise another woman to be there because he makes you feel like a queen because I'm in a long-term, long loving, committed, monogamous relationship and I don't support, I never will, I never can, the role of another woman. However, I also try very hard not to judge because I love women and I feel like we've been in a situation where women feel really poorly about themselves. So my question would be, why are you there in the first place and how do we tackle that? as opposed to the question that was asked. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna give you a little bit about my thoughts which are possibly opposing. Um, is firstly, you've completely contradicted yourself in the fact that you say that you never will, never will, never will, never can sort of like um, come to terms with the idea of like another woman. With support. Support, not yeah. Come to terms but, in the same, support. but in the same breath also saying that you're trying not to be judgmental in the situation where um, 
for the woman. So I guess you're no, thinking no, about I'm it from I'm your... I'm not to judge the woman. So despite the fact that I don't condone that, I'm not going to look at someone and be like, I judge you for that. Okay. It's not contradictory. I don't, I don't condone that behavior. I don't condone murder. But I'm not going to meet a murderer and be like, you make me sick. I'm going to say, well, why, what has brought us there? Because I don't think blind judgment solves the problem. Okay, I'm, I'm definitely going to separate the murder with the, <laughs> with the other woman because... I, I, to be honest, I, I can't. Because when you're there, if, you're in a, if you're a wife and you have children, and, and, and someone can be that cold. Okay, and the reason that I'm saying that I, I don't necessarily agree with you is because I um, identify as a polyamorous, as a polyamorous person. So for me, the never allowing somebody in our relationship situation for me is like, it's something that we can talk about. So a lot of the time, I do think um, that a lot of us, more often than not, are non-monogamous. But then we force ourselves to be in monogamous situations and monogamous relationships. So uh, a lot of us. This is definitely not a general statement. It's not for everybody. But we do find ourselves in relationships where we're telling our partner that they need to be monogamous, or you promise your partner that you're going to be monogamous and you know that you can't be. Whereas there's actually situations and relationships that allow for you to have conversations with your partner about non-monogamy. And for example, this girl, if she had, if she was going to be in this situation where she feels like she's being treated by like a queen, is it okay for her to allow herself to be treated like a queen, but to allow him to treat another woman like a queen as well. Like, wait, is that okay for her first? Is it something that he is willing to have a conversation with his assuming primary partner, because we did say the other woman. So this man has a primary partner. He's not in a monogamous relationship. He's being unfaithful to his primary partner. So is it, some, is it a conversation that he's willing to have with his partner? Actually, not even primary partner, just partner. And then um, just like, I feel like conversations about non-monogamy need to be a lot more, it's very hard in, a, in later on in life, later on we're older, we've been in relationships that are like two, three, maybe longer years, longer. And then it's just like bringing it up like three years later, okay, so darling, I was thinking that I, I really want us to talk about seeing other people. And I feel like that's a conversation that more of us need to have because more of us are doing it, but not talking about it. No, I feel like that's a different thing. I think that I, I have no problem with polygamous relationships. I have no problem with polyamorous relationships. I have a problem with lies. And if you Absolutely, have, that's why I said it's no longer a non-monogamous relationship. But we're taking, we're taking the, the statement as is. The statement as is comes from the presumption that someone is in a monogamous relationship and someone else has entered that monogamous relationship. It'd be a different conversation if it's, listen, I've met someone, I really like them, we're having a conversation about having another person enter the relationship. No one can judge or question that. But it starts from the basis of a monog monogamous relationship. And if you and your partner have had a mutual agreement of a monogamous relationship and someone else enters that, I'm not placing blame in any particular direction, but that's not something, no, that's not something that I would support. I mean, I understand that you wouldn't support it, but I think that it's a conversation that needs to be had. For example, she's From the man, by the man. But we're talking yeah, about the woman. Yeah, because he's the one with he's the one with talking about the woman. The woman needs to have a conversation with the man about the fact that he needs 
that sh he needs to open the relationship, which means he needs to tell his partner about her. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, stay if you want to stay and you want to continue being treated by a queen, but tell this man that he needs to have a conversation with his partner about opening the relationship for that. I, my argument would be that conversation needs to happen before. Like, no, of course. Is the point, like, of course, I'm not pro-betrayal. I am not pro-betrayal in any form of the way. I'm not pro any kind of betrayal. If you're in a monogamous, even if you're in a polyamorous relationship, I don't think your partner should sleep with people if you don't know about it. Because that's the thing about polyamory. If somebody is cheating, they're cheating. Whether you're in a monogamous relationship, whether you're in a polyamorous relationship, it doesn't matter. Exactly. But my thing is, if you do find yourself in a situation, because we're human, a lot of people make mistakes and fuck up m more often then people don't. You know what I mean? People are fucking up more than they're not. So if you find yourself in a situation where there is a fuck up, then how are you gonna rectify the fuck up? But I, my, my argument is it's not, it's, it's, it's the, the, the person who, the woman has, is, isn't the primary fucker-upper. No. <laughs> the husband <laughs> is the primary fucker-upper in that, <laughs> that position. So my, my issue is this, if you've entered another relationship it's always in the, it's in the person who's in the relationship's responsibility, fundamentally, to right that wrong. It's I, agree with I agree on that part. I agree. I'm focused on the breach of contract because I... I, I yeah, I'm focused on the breach of contract. Okay, let's, let's open it up to the audience. Go. Yeah, okay. Um, first of all, in a long-term committed relationship, so let me say that, that I'm speaking from the same sort of perspective but a totally different one also, in the sense that I, I, I sort of, okay, let me use a bad metaphor, yeah? As cavemen, we used to eat raw meat, yes? Until we invented fire. And then once we invented fire, we realized we can cook. We no longer want to eat raw meat. We can eat cooked meat. My point is, we were fine with the raw meat until we realized there was cooked meat, yeah? <laughs> if your man, and I'm saying from a perspective of being in a long-term committed relationship, if your man is engaging in another relationship, I agree with you totally in the sense that, um, um, I agree with Kaz, sorry, let me use my <laughs> words. I agree with Kaz totally in the sense that, why would he need to accommodate her in his life if you were serving all the needs that he needed served. Kaz didn't say that. Listen to my argument. Listen to my argument. Listen to my argument. My argument is based on, I feel like this is something you even talked about in one of your podcasts. I listen <laughs> intently. <laughs> Especially the, po the podcast that you're talking about, Polyamory. And you said that one of the, the points that were being made consistently were at what point do we decide that we are enough to meet one person's expectations wholly? That's what I'm basing it on. I'm not basing it on that you're not good enough. I'm basing it on at what point do you decide that I am enough to totally and completely and 100% meet this person's expectations to the extent that I do not have space to think about a situation where he'll need another expectation met by a different person. Yes. I get that it. Make sense? Yes. <laughs> is it, it does. Can I, can it I does. just question you? Yeah. Is it you've decided that is it that you as a woman has have decided that 
Or I'm not saying even I'm not talking about sexism. No, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about whether you're a woman or fine, man. gender gender neutral. Is yeah. it that you as a person have decided that or you and your relationship have decided that that's the type of relationship that you want to engage in. Exactly. Because I'm, I have nothing wrong with polygamous relationships. I have a problem with lies. And those are two completely different things. And if you, if you say from the, from the outset that's that this is... No, she'll say something slightly different. If you, if you say from the outset it's a polygamous relationship, you enter a contract based on the information that you've been given, right? I have some time with your opinion. Contracts change. I agree. And but my question to you is, this is your point as a woman who is in a long, committed, loving relationship. No, yeah. no. Long, committed, loving, monogamous. Monogamous. We Sorry. have had that conversation Sorry. about the type of relationship we want. Okay. And the type of relationship we want is a monogamous relationship. Okay. And it's important to set those terms and out and outset them okay. out from the start. Because what you want might not be the same as what so someone else wants. So follow-up? So does that mean on automatically for you, you have no space for this person including another person or going and having a relationship? Yes. Whatever type of relationship. Yes. No space for such yes. yes. Okay. Um, hi. I think, I think what... Okay, being the other woman, right? I, I'm huh? No, I'm not. I'm not the. Hold up. I am. No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm. No, I am not. But I think what what. Okay, first and foremost, having for you to ask that question. I honestly think deep inside you know the answer, right? You, you're looking for somebody else or somebody to support it or be against it, right? And I understand where you're saying, um, okay, fine, I'm, I'm not for or against. Okay, no, I'm lying, I'm against. <laughs> because I feel like you are the other woman, right? He loves you, you're being treated like a queen and whatever. If you're really for this um, not being monogamous and whatever, then ask him to ask her, right? And time it. You don't have much time. If you don't give me an answer by now or by a certain time, is she for me being there or just, uh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, like I ask agree. her to ask, right? Ask, ask this dude, okay, skiza. I'm in this relationship, fine, you treat me like a queen and whatever, I like this, but there's something going on between you and your wife, right? If you're for this other side of me being in the relationship, ask. If she says no, I'm out because I deserve better. You understand? Yeah. Yeah. So don't don't exactly encourage being the other woman and enjoy. I'm there for like three, two years, three years. Why? You understand? Has the wife agreed? Like being an agreeing, then you're not meant to be there. If that wife does okay. not agree, then I understand. you're not meant to be there. I understand what you're saying. Just really quickly, before you speak, I just want to give the microphone to Angela. Um, just to add on to that, first of all, if there is any form of betrayal, like Cheeky was saying, if there's any form of betrayal, then the relationship, if there's any form of lies and there's any form of betrayal and that's the basis of your relationship, then the relationship should not be happening. If you can rectify because we are humans, and we can create situations where there is betrayal and where there is lies in whatever situation, if you can rectify that, then you can be in that situation. So my thing is like, we're not creating a situation where it's perfect. 
we don't live in a world that's perfect. You're in a perfect marriage, and then your partner can't look at or, you know, it happens. These things happen more often than they don't, and I've said this. And the thing is, like, how do you make the situation different? How do you change it? If you're in that situation, how do you make your situation, because it's a very common situation, a very common question, how do you change your situation to go from it being a situation of betrayal to it being something that is open, that is loving, that is kind, because you can't be treated like, you can't say you're being treated like a queen if the man is lying. You're not being treated like a queen. You think you are, but you're not. Sorry, sorry, can I, just to clarify what I was saying, Yes, we're human. Yes, we mess up. My feeling is that the other woman, at the moment she wants to rectify, you step back. And like what my friend said over here, you tell the man, now you take the will, because this is your relationship. If this is something that you want to open in your relationship and your relationship is your partner is happy with that, then you call me. My problem is the consistency of so are you going to do it? Are you going to do it? Are you going to speak to them? Whilst it's continuing, for me, it's still wrong. As soon as you acknowledge that, we mess up. How do we rectify it? You say, if this is the new dynamic you want to add and you and your partner are fine with that, let's deal with that. My problem is the consistency throughout. No, I get it. Can we just read the question again? Um, so what if you're the other woman? Uh, do you stay in the situation or leave? He makes you feel like a queen, though, so what to do? I think she needs to redefine what queen is to her. And before she redefines what queen is to her, she needs to redefine what a king is to her. Because if she's the other woman, then she's not the main woman. So the problem is she's not a queen. She's mis misconstrued what a queen <laughs> is to in, my, in my head, right? So I think first she needs to, if she's asking that, means she's questioning herself. So she needs to s stand in front of the mirror and look at herself and first ask herself, is she happy to be the person that she is? Does she enjoy when he pleasures her? Is she, is she really present with him or is she thinking about, what if one day the, the main woman catches me? How will I feel? Will I feel ashamed? Because if you're a queen, you never feel ashamed. You stand strong. You're, you know your, your place. You know who you are. So before she... She asks him to ask her. She needs to ask herself. Does she need to ask him to ask her? She need no, no, no. One second, one second. Before she asks him, she needs to understand why she in this relationship. Why did she find herself in this situation where she is the other woman? And um, those are the questions she needs to ask herself first before she gives that man authority to perhaps destroy something that she might never stick around for the answer. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 But I agree. If, if you're in a monogamous, polygamous, or whatever you want to call it, honesty is the best policy. If, if you lie, lie destroys everything. And it's like, it's like when you break a cup and then you, you stick it with glue. Like, the cracks will always be there. And it's really hard to, to get away from that because even though you forgive that person, you will always, there'll be that trigger. Will he, will he do it again? Will she do it again? Does that make sense? But whoever asked that question, go and look at yourself in the mirror. If you like what you see, ask him to ask her so that you can redefine what it is. But before that, what is a king to you? Then you'll understand if you're the queen.
Um, from a male perspective, let me give my answer to that. She's, she actually, and <laughs> she encompassed what was within that question for me. Um, one, whether she knows what a queen is for herself. And number two, to separate the two, because <coughs> she's, she's not separating the two in her head. She's assuming being treated in such a manner means that everything else is okay, which is, which is a bit warped. I.e. right now she's sitting in a position where she's actually sitting in a warped situation and thinking that's a Delusional. norm to her. Yes, that that's her norm, which is not correct. And we need to correct her from this discussion so that she understands that she takes it from a compass of self-worth and start from birth right here and then move on from there to why did I even get into this situation in the first place? Because she knew of the other woman. She knew that woman existed. Usually, so you had the information, but you went ahead anyway. So first treat, first treat that demon first. She had the advantage, not just the information. Fair enough. She knew about the other woman, but the other woman didn't necessarily know about her. Exactly. And, and, and here's the other scenario as well, um, which is... <laughs> which women, I mean, well, should I say the other women always forget. Nine times out of ten, the primary woman knows full well you exist. <laughs> okay? And that is a danger in itself. <laughs> because you need to know that she knows. And that you need to deal with the circumstances and the consequences if the wrath does come towards Sleep you. Sleep with one eye open. You know? <laughs> But vice versa, also with the, the so-called other woman herself, um, and that's who we're trying to treat with, so to speak, with this discussion, is find who you believe you should be within not just the relationship, but outside it. If you weren't there, would you be less of a queen? And also, would there be another queen? Exactly. More likely, yes. And number two, we, another scenario we didn't look at is if she wants to be a queen in this situation... Does she want to usurp the first lady, so to speak, in the situation? Does she want to become the one primary and go through the same cycle again? And then that's now a vicious cycle that you're reciprocating to womankind. Karma. Pass the, the, yeah, pass the mic behind you. Behind you. Um, so I actually agree with both of you. To Chiki's point, I do agree that when you're in a relationship, and especially if you present options that, or if you present a scenario that makes it possible for people to be able to like freely be with other people as long as they are transparent about it to their most significant other, I think that that's very, very valid. Um, and personally, that's just how I try to, that's how I try to live my life. I've been in open relationships and I've been in a long distance polyamorous relationship. So I, that's just how I live my life. Um, to Kaz's point, I do believe that it is human nature to fuck up. And I do believe that it is human nature to fuck up, especially to disappoint the people who you care about and love the most. And I, I think that it's just, it's just something that we do and who we are. And not everybody, but it's just, it just is the way it is. And um, to both points, I think ultimately it really depends on how you handle your relationship. It really depends on like streams of communication. 
whether or not streams of communication is just about like when you see yourself about to make a mistake, you know, and you tell your significant other or you've already made a mistake and you still feel the same level of freedom to tell your significant other. So for me, it's the most important thing is just to be able to be really open and honest with the person you have committed to be the most open and honest with um, because ultimately that's what determines how, especially if the situation ends up in a worst case scenario kind of deal, that's, how, that's what determines how things will go. Um, and I think it's particularly important to, f for me personally, and I think for a few people too, I think like realizing that there is a mistake that was made either by you or by your partner does not compromise your feminism. Because I do understand that there's a level of feminism gets really personal, really involving and something that you keep really evolving in because that's where I am. But I, I really think that there's a point where it becomes important for you to decide um, whether or not the wrongs that you or your partner have done to each other involving other people um, ultimately determine if you're able to carry on. And it, it really depends, right? Really depends on the person. It really depends on the circumstances. Like, I'm, I, I don't have children. I am not married and very happy about it. And <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, if, if I did have children, if, if I was married to the person I had children with, for example, like, I feel like I would feel much more different about infidelity than I would now, right? Um, and then just to answer the first question, because we haven't really addressed that, um, I think complacency. I'm actually going to ask now. the oh, first okay. question oh, okay. again. Okay. No, but okay. can I tell you what breaks my heart the most about your answer? Yeah. And I think it was going on to what I was saying originally is not once in your answer did you mention the other woman. Everything because about she's your none answer. Of my business. Exactly. Everything like in your answer was about the relationship. Yes. And I think going on to what you said, Angela, that is in a nutshell what hurts me about those situations. Is it's very easy often to forget this other person. That's true. But the relationship yeah. will always take primary precedence. Yeah. Unless it opens up and becomes a polyamorous or whatever. If it just is a mistake, I mean queens, you don't want to be a mistake. You want to be Exactly that. You want to be a queen, and you deserve to be a queen. And there's so many ways you can enter queendom. <laughs> can I just say something to the person who wrote that question? In the word imperfection, realize it says I'm perfect. I'm just preaching here today. <laughs> okay, so um, we have one more. We're just going to make that the last one because I just want to go back to the first, first question. Yeah. yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> I mean, I think, honestly speaking, um, I think people have, we all know about love languages, I think, and people have different love languages. And so I don't think we should sit here and assume that feeling like a queen or, or being treated like a queen is necessarily quality time. Mm -hmm. Because when you're in a marriage, what you get from your partner amongst other things, is that you get your partner at home with you, ideally most of the time, yeah? So let's assume the other woman gets everything else except for getting your husband most of the time. And maybe that's not necessarily something that that, that, that woman wants, yeah? So I think 
if we say we're feminists, we're already going into it from, I think, a judgmental point of view. Because I feel like the conversation is between, and I'm talking now as a heterosexual woman, a heterosexual married woman, the conversation is between you and your husband. I honestly don't feel, unless that woman is a best friend or a sister or a cousin or someone you know, she doesn't owe you jack. She really doesn't. Your husband is the one who you need to have a conversation with. And often, I think sex is about everything else except for sex. I don't know if that makes sense. It does. Yeah. Like I often feel, I, I was just saying, we're having this conversation, I was saying I'm, I'm feeling incredibly frustrated by this conversation because I'm much more interested in the why. Why does your partner feel the need to treat somebody else like a queen? That's more interesting to me. Like what is it that, that he is getting from there? And I don't necessarily think that you have to be, li like what somebody else was saying, that you have to be the one person that fulfills everything. I also think there's seven billion people in the world. I also think you're if you're lucky, you're gonna be married for a really long time. And I think it's slightly unrealistic to expect that your partner will never be attracted to anybody else in the 50 years, ideally, that you're gonna be together. I have children. I don't think I'd be, I'd be happy if, if you know, I actively knew that my partner was cheating. But I'll also be honest, the fact that he stuck his dick in somebody else is not, we have kids, we have shared history, we have so much going on that just the fact that you fucked another woman is just not enough for me to leave you. I'm much more interested in what did this particular encounter mean to you? Do you love her? What is going on? That's, that's what's really, you know what I mean? And, and for the other woman, who knows what she is getting from your partner? You can be in a relationship with a man who is at home every day, every night, and it's a shitty relationship. And you can be in a relationship with a man and you're the side chick and you're feeling fulfilled. So I just feel it's such a complex conversation that can we please get away from just this Christian, yes. monotheistic, yes. monogamy BS, because that's just not really what relationships are like. And I think as somebody who has, by the way, let me just fess up, being the wife for 18 years, and also before that, being somebody else's side chick, it's a complicated situation. Until you're in it, you don't know. That's it. I completely, absolutely, abs like, um, so first of all, I completely agree. What she was saying was that she was agreeing to the fact that in another episode, we were talking about the fact that in your relationship, you can't expect to be all of the things to your partner. So sometimes, of course, if you're, actually, Shira, you're the one who said that. We were in our last relationship, we we're talking about open relationships with BN. And, um, and it's true. First of all, preach, sister, yes. If you're in a long-term heterosexual or not monogamous relationship, then you can't expect that your partner is not going to be attracted to somebody else for status. And then you can't expect that your partner is not going to stick their finger or whatever into another orifice, <laughs> another person's orifice, you know? So it's just like all of these expectations. And as much as I am at completely agreeing with you, listening to all of the conversations that were happening, and I do get that, like, I'm a queen stuff. But, like, a lot of the time, I'm a fucking human being. And I don't want to be told that I'm a queen all the fucking time. Because I'm a mess. You know, I'm hard to deal with. I cry a lot of the fucking time. But a lot of the time when you see me in this picture perfect, please believe that when I put a crown on my head, <laughs> it's a picture from my Instagram. But I'm a real fucking human being who has real feelings, who, of course... There are periods in my life when I expect to be treated like a queen, but there is a lot of the time when my insecurity is coming to play, and a lot of times I'm just like, why are you treating me so well, you know? And it's just like, I don't deserve this, I don't deserve these are the things we play. So a lot of these Instagram memes, <laughs> they make sense 
for like when you're in a rut and you're trying to get out of it like yes i'm a queen <laughs> i'm a queen but in real life that shit is like for real i i honestly would like somebody to treat me the way i feel that i deserve to be treated but that also is like the way that i deserve to be treated is a conversation that you have to have with yourself entirely so it's just that no i am not perfect <laughs> i am never going to be perfect i'm never going to be what the fairy tales picture for us to be queens i'm not going to be what people think you know the fairy like uh, and the thing is this uh, anyway just I, c I can go on <laughs> No, but and I don't I want to, like, I don't want to can I just digress. Summarize because I just disagree fundamentally with quite a few things, quite a few people have said. I do think you owe something to humankind. I do think that there is such thing as karmic value. And I do think people fuck up, and I do think people are humans, and I do think just because you've made a mistake doesn't damn you. But I don't subscribe to the idea. I think that we're a community first and we are relationships within a community. So I do think we do owe things to people. We are part of society, I do think that. Um, secondarily, I don't think you're gonna get everything from your relationship. I don't get everything from my relationship. My friends give me things, my family gives me things. And I think it's a big assumption to make that just because you won't get everything from your partner, that it necessarily results in another person a romantic other person in your relationship. You can get other things from many other sources and many other people. That's not saying you won't be attracted to someone else. Of course you're gonna be attracted to someone else. We're human, but I don't necessarily think that has to result in another physical, romantic, or emotional encounter. And I agree, <laughs> but also this is an argument for monogamy versus non-monogamy and i feel like this conversation we could go back and forth and back and forth but fundamentally it's what you believe and what i believe and it's monogamy versus non-monogamy i just want to move on to the next question but go ahead i know i just have a perspective that's really different i recently had someone whose family who's older who's male confide in me about having another woman in his life and being conflicted because it wasn't just a sex thing or another flimsy relationship. Because I mean, we always talk about the other woman as being not that significant and the wife for however many years is the most significant and is the queen and as the other woman you are. But in this situation, the other woman is the person who is giving this male older person what he needs and in in that sharing with me it's like yes i love my family and i would love for everyone in my family to be together and to stick in one unit but also realizing that this person needs to be happy and this other woman provides that and is significant regardless of whether she's the other woman and also just considering that there's people that I know who have left their wives of many years to then find happiness and fulfillment in other women. So the other woman is not, the other woman is not always uh, less of a queen or you know, you're playing yourself or it's not just if she says she's being treated like a queen, it's because she's being given less than what the wife is and sometimes the wife is the mistake. Then leave her. 
I think and, we have and a culture that, that doesn't allow and that's for the that. Thing. You're not going to leave. You're not going to meet this other woman and be like, I've met another woman. I'm leaving my wife. It's this conflict in that decision because Why? because you don't just. It's 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 like me. It's like you going out. You you're in a relationship with your significant other. But then you meet someone and then it gets complicated because you're like, wait, but I love this person and I don't want to hurt them. But then this other person who I've met, what is this that I'm feeling? And then you, it's conflict for you for years because it's not just a black and white. Since I've met this person and I feel this, I must leave. No, but you, you can be honest. Exactly. You so be honest. And then that's the thing. You start with being honest with yourself and even that is tough to deal with. Just being honest with yourself to acknowledge, okay, what is it that I'm feeling? What is this that I'm struggling with? And what does this mean? And before you can be honest with people around you, even when you start to admit to yourself, that was a struggle that this person shared with me. They're like, wait, but I don't understand why I feel this way. And I don't want to hurt anyone, but I do feel this way. And I don't want to leave because this person is significant in my life. And they're good. They've been good. They've been but I want to be happy, but I don't, you know, it's, and it comes from learning all these things about how they were brought up, which is different from how we were brought up. Because me, I'm here with, you know what, do what you need to do to be happy. But at the same time, recognizing that, yo, if you're worried about your parents or your relatives, like brothers, siblings, whatever, and disappointing them, that's another thing that then makes it that you can't just walk away. Or even your Christian up bringing divorce is not an option you know what i mean so the other woman doesn't necessarily if you're the other woman it doesn't mean i, I didn't mean that she's less but free no I no no and the assumption is that maybe the assumption is that they haven't but maybe they do understand maybe they know and they're happy knowing that they're making somebody happy and they understand the situation and they know that this person that I'm with, as much as I'm his other woman, they're not getting what they need from this relationship, but they do recognize that the other person is the wife and there's implications that come with it. So it's just also to just uh, see it from that perspective that let's not make assumptions that the other woman is always younger, not aware, or feels less Okay, thank you. <laughs> We're gonna move on to the next question. <laughs> <laughs> Sing us a song as well. I, I think we, <laughs> we might not get any more questions today. Um, and I guess 
own your output and you can actually minimize um, time to do editing for editing. There's situations that I have, I have a play, which is called the Day of Income play, which is one of the projects. But what it, what it basically says is that the universe runs um, through to people like you who have sent it your way to teach you an assignment to open up a door or to let you experience some things that you have not thought about before. And it could be for a reason and for many that's positive. So I think for me, there's the, this, it's so multidimensional that I, I'm having trouble sort of getting the other woman back to the thing because I think yes, but um, because it's never always an intentional thing. And even that type of mistake about free mind, maybe you can do it your way, being the man. Maybe you can know that somebody could call and say, hey, how was your day? You're like, oh, I did it. <laughs> Just because somebody asked you, and you were not a mom, because that's her job, right? So I, I just wanted to sort of bring those two, two topics. Um, it's not a question, I'm just curious. marriage, long-term, finding your partner, your soulmate, and so on. And in Cuba, there's this theory that you find someone, they work for you, for that moment. It's transition. That person came into your life at that time to change your life because you needed them at that time. Whether it's to have your children or so on, so be it. When the time is done, you don't hold on to it. Divorce there is so easy. It's like, yo, man, just give me that the local. <laughs> yeah. And we're done, you know? And I think that because of our education, our culture, our religion, we've been taught so much that you need to have that one person in your life, which, you know, if you do, great, fantastic. <laughs> but, um, I mean, it made me really think, and I think it should also make <laughs> I think I, 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 agree. I agree with everything yeah. everything that you've said. My beef fundamentally is with lies. If you're going out and telling someone they're a queen and going home and telling your wife you're in a monogamous marriage, for me that's a problem. And I, I know that it might take time for you to figure it out in your head, but you don't need to create even a sexual relationship with someone whilst you're figuring it out. You can get to a point where you're like, yo, okay, this is overstepped to point for me. I'm no longer comfortable. I'm sorry, we're going to have to address this. My problem fundamentally is with lies, and I don't have time for that in my, my relationship. So we actually won't be able to pull out another question from the fuck it. Just that last one, that was a good one. Hang on. How do I start talking to my 18-year-old sister about sex? Stop. It's long overdue. Start. First of all, at 18... <laughs> No, 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 don't assume that. No, I'm saying already, already at 18, it's, it's, the conversation should have started a long time ago, but if you haven't started having that conversation about sex, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. 
So the question is, how do I start having sex? How do I start having conversations about sex to my 18-year-old, I guess, little sister? Do you have a... Yeah, because I have a 21-year-old sister, and I think it was me who probably had the conversation with her first time. I've read them all. They're really interesting. Um, I have a 21-year-old sister. I think whenever you're having a conversation with someone younger than you, start with uh, a position of love and respect because it's very it's easy to lose yep. your young people if you start from a position of judgment. Yep. It's incredibly difficult, but try and remove your Christianity, try and remove your culture, try and remove everything and just talk human to human. Um, one thing I learned from my last Red Corner 254, um, which I hadn't thought about before, but a doctor actually told us you should also, whilst being emotional, also give some clinical examples because for many young people, they don't know. Um, so he was saying things like specifically talk about nipples hardening, getting wet, so on and so forth. Because for many young men and women, they don't necessarily know those things. So it's hard then to have follow-up conversations about consent. So that was a really interesting point that he made at that time. Um, and I think for me, anyway, always, always, always keep emotion the key kind of like continuum when you're talking about sex. Don't assume they're straight. Oh, and don't assume they're straight, yeah. yeah. But that goes true. back to human to human. Just have a conversation. Emotional. Human human. Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, first of all, I'm doing SRHR for an NGO. What's that? That's sexual reproductive health and rights. Yeah, so I'm based in Kisumu. And it is very alarming to me to understand that actually in Kenya, you're not taught about your sexual reproductive system. Not just that, but also your sexual reproductive health and rights. You understand? So it's not just, um, for me it's like a person who's 18 years old, it's already too late for her. Yeah? In Kisumu, I've had several um, incidents where I've had girls who are 15, 16 years old who have engaged in a game with this, with, with guys or, you know, like Buddha Buddha people or whatever, yeah? To pay their way to go to school because their parents can afford for that. I'm like, I'm really emotional about this. I'm so, so sorry that I'm shaking my voice because I love this topic. I love that we can have this openness about it because it's something that I feel needs to be addressed and it's not just about you as a daughter as a sister or anything it's about actually the government like in other countries if you look at it they learn about their sexual reproductive health in the correct order in a very young age yeah and they also learn about how to protect themselves in a very young age. So what happens to these girls is when they're like 15, 16 years old, they will start to engage in these games with the Boda Boda and Piki Piki guys. And they will get pregnant. They don't even know that they're pregnant. They don't even know what sex is. Literally, they don't know their own reproductive system, how it works, how sex works. You understand? So for them to get pregnant, it's 
when the womb starts to grow, when the boobs start to leak or grow and stuff like that, the physical changes about them. So I would like to address this to the government and what are you guys doing towards, yeah? What are you guys teaching? What are you guys learning in schools? Do you guys have sexual reproductive health and rights in your schools? Like thoroughly, do you know how, like for instance, the, the <coughs> implants, the family planning things work? That you, you girl. Oh. <laughs> First I of all, this is I the reason why. This is the reason why the spread exists. I love that, and I love the that. the reason why the spread exists is because there is no um, sexual education happening in exactly. schools. I don't necessarily think that it's something that we need to address to the government. The government is thinking about stealing yeah, but just for us billions tonight, at like the moment. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. So my thing is like I I, I do understand that. Um, like the bigger spectrum of things is that we need to address the government and that sexual education needs to be introduced into the curriculum and so on and so forth. There's a lot of people who are working on it. Comprehensive sexuality education is currently ha is currently a thing that is undergoing. There's a whole like legal team that is trying to, to make it happen so that there's even an informal section of, section of sexual education so that the spread can then take its teachings to to wow. adolescents so that That's we can talk beautiful. about sex with young people. And then, you know, just so it's not from like a government like penis enter vagina gonorrhea death AIDS, you know what I mean? So that it's more about like um, learning from the young people what it is that they, their questions are and formulating a curriculum around that to, to be able to teach young people about sexuality. Mm. So, um, I, and, and, and as much as you're saying in other countries that um, sexual education is there, in other European countries, sexual education is there. It's not a thing that is that is currently happening on the African continent so much, yeah. No. But but it is um, a thing that sh definitely should happen. And ev I believe I'm speaking for everybody when I say that these are things that should be happening in yeah. schools across it the board, uh, yeah, right? And this is uh, it's f it's fundamental education. The same way that kids are forced to go to Sunday school is the same way that they should be forced to learn about their bodies. Exactly. Thank you very I much. I believe that, that completely. That is actually why you guys are very important for us as well, to know that you exist. So even if I had an 18-year-old sister or someone or whatever, like I would totally tell them, you know what, listen to the spread. Just get some sort of like a base of what is going on. If you have any questions, come to me. We'll discuss. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can, can, can I just, can I just um, not disagree with you, but I come from a country where we learn sexual health in school. Um, I do too. In, in, in England, we learned it from primary school, and there's currently a debate happening in the UK about how positive, it, whether, whether sexual education, it's, whether it's the right hand is with educators or whether it's with third-party people like the spread, for example, mm. coming in mm. and having those um, more intimate conversations. Mm. Because what we saw happening a lot um, in the UK especially is you were taught the biology, you were taught, um, but like so many of us have said today, only 1%, maybe 5% of sex is the biology. Yeah. There's the psychology, there's the emotion, and actually quite dangerous to reduce yeah. sex just to its biology. Yeah. And the problem when you hand over sexual education to a government institution, curriculum has to achieve results. 
So you have to be able to have an exam paper where you say something along the lines of, penis enters vagina, mm. is this sex, right? As opposed to as opinion. As opposed to opinion, as opposed to um, something a little bit more fluid, yeah. which most of the world is believing sexuality, I personally believe sexuality is much more of a fluid thing. Mm. So um, where we are right in the UK right now is how do we better educate parents to have, and how do we have more support systems for parents mm. to have more sexual fluid-based conversations? Mm. And then how do we have third-party sectors like the spread as opposed to giving it into the hands of government mm. that are sitting outside schools and young people have the right, the option, and are encouraged mm. to go and have conversations with uh, people who can have more fluid kind of conversations as opposed to entering sexuality into curriculum which I think is actually quite a dangerous thing to do. Mm. Yeah, I so yes, there's a big gap. <laughs> yeah, there there's is. a lot of miseducation. Yeah. There's a lot of um, no education. Mm. And then um, there's, there's a lot of answers. I think for now, the best that we can do is each one teach one. Yeah, exactly. And also the guys that are listening to this, for them to educate that's their sisters that's exactly. and their aunties and their uncles and everything. Like, I had a beautiful conversation right now with my significant other because of you guys, you know? Like, it opens up to a discussion. If you're open for it, then, you know, that's a beautiful... Bring them. Take them here. Bring your 18-year-olds and just, like, yeah, come and listen to this spread and then <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, thank you so much for being here. We actually do not have any time um, for any more questions. We do have to close up, and we do have to go home. So, uh, guys, let's give it up for Cheeky once more. So thank you so much for coming. Thank you for being a part of the spread. Please... Make sure that you follow us on all of our social media. If you guys aren't already following us, we're on at the spread pod on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. And be sure to subscribe to all of our social stuff. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. We love you. Goodbye. Expose myself to you, oh baby. So lay down your body and just expose yourself to me too. Cause I want your love. Will you give me love? Make my dream a reality. Cause I know I'm not gonna run around looking for something that's right in front of me. Right in front of me. Looking for something that's right in front of me. Tell you things that I won't tell it.